Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I appreciate you calling me in because I understand you've got Gonzalo Vargas with us today. I have a lot of people ask me, like, well, how did you get this? How did you get Law and Order? How did you get House of Cards? Like, so, so what's the deal? And, uh, you know, you're wiser and, you, and you, you've experienced a lot more, but a lot of people only learn by going through it. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? Because, you know, like you said, if I could go back in time, you know, Marty McFly style and, and go back and, and talk to myself and be like, look, this is what you got to do. Just start doing it. If you think you're selling out or you think, you know, this is too much business for you, but this is a part of it. Your teachers in college just didn't tell you this because, you know, they were teaching you how to act, you know, there, what, there isn't a class on that. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monetizing Your Creativity. As always, I'm your host, Marvin Polis, and as always, Fred Keating, your co-host. I'm in New York City at the wonderful Mercer Hotel in the Lobby Lounge, and joining us via cell phone in Vancouver, Canada, is Fred Keating. Fred, tell us who our guest is today. I appreciate you calling me in because I understand you've got Gonzalo Vargas with us today, and uh, this young working actor, uh, you may have seen him in Law and Order, you may have seen him in, in House of Cards. I, I don't want to go into some of the things he may or may not be able to share with us about the stuff he's doing, but we do want to welcome him and say thanks for the opportunity to get together. So, Gans, how are you? Great, great, and uh, I just want to say thank you to uh, Marvin and Fred for having me. This is a, this is a great opportunity just to, uh, to lend helping hand with any anything I've learned along the way as an actor and uh, to be a part of a great project that I think is is uh, much needed. Now Gons, tell us how have you embarked on your career? When you're younger, uh, much younger like college age and when you first set out, uh, you don't really have a, a blueprint as far as what to do and, and, and how to go about it. You're more uh, instructed to concentrate on your craft and your technique and which is great um, and of course that's the core of it the foundation but uh, as far as embarking on it uh, my parents lived in Richmond Virginia they moved to Richmond Virginia uh, when I went to college so after college I thought it would be a good idea to kind of get my feet wet in a smaller market I signed up with one of the the main agencies there that sent me out on auditions and uh, and you know it was great because there, as opposed to New York City, I was booking, I'd say, probably uh, seven out of the ten things I got sent out on because I am, especially in Richmond, uh, where being Spanish, Colombian specifically, was a great asset because that, you know, there weren't that many Spanish-Colombian actors in Richmond. So that was a great thing to, uh, to, to utilize there. And also, I think it just taught me a lot about getting up early, going to set, being on time. The, the real world of, of, of what it takes to actually, you know, work as a team to, to put something together versus just being in a, in a small arena theater in a college somewhere and uh, being able to play, you know, every great role. I would go out and I would audition. Of course, I'd be like, you know, have to be the Spanish uh, technician or something. And then you get out of college. So that's the first, I think, lesson there is that you get out of college where you're uh, allowed to play, you know, Romeo and Hamlet and, you know, all these great roles. So it's kind of a shock, but also it's a great introduction to the market. Uh, and after 
working in that market for a couple of years, I moved to New York. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but what happened was that I got a little lost in the beginning. I was just more surviving. You know, I got into that mode of the surviving actor. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. You just get the job. And uh, I was working at a French restaurant and, you know, the rent was so high. I was just trying to work as much as I can. And, you know, going out for like, you know, equity auditions here and there, like trying to get into the audition and, you know, trying to get an agent, but not really going I feel like the extra mile. Like if I knew what I, I mean, a lot of it was ignorance. Of there course. is quite a gap there, Gons. There, I think that a lot of young talent finds that gap between being a, uh, and I always use the sports analogy, the ball players or hockey players, being all-stars in college and then making that transition to the pros in so many ways, it's an entirely different ball game. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a, And, you know, I think that's part of what, I try to convey to uh, I'm young but younger actors than me in the situation that they're trying to actually, you know, I have a lot of people ask me, like, well, how did you get this? How did you get Law & Order? How did you get House of Cards? Like, well, so so what's the deal? And uh, and I try to tell them, but at the same time, it's kind of like a parent t- telling a child at times, you know, you're wiser and, you, and you've, you've experienced a lot more, but a lot of people only learn by going through it. And I could tell them as much as I can, but they still won't go to the... Uh, you know, they still won't do the meet and greets uh, because they don't believe in them. They just still want to do the theater, and it's this, which is great, but it's they don't want to branch out because I think they don't want to feel unsafe or or feel vulnerable, which, again, that wasn't uh, explained to us. So, so, yeah, so I think that's what I'm trying to do here, or what, you know, you guys are trying to do, and I'm so glad to be a part of it and help because I'm always trying to bridge that gap with the younger actors because, you know, like you said, if I could go back in time, you know, Marty McFly style and, and go back and and talk to myself and be like, look, this is what you got to do. Just start doing it. If you think you're selling out or you think, you know, this is too much business for you, but this is a part of it. Your teachers in college just didn't tell you this because, you know, they were teaching you how to act. You know, there what there isn't a class on that student. You know, I think this is one important thing. I've done a lot of student films uh, here in the city, NYU and so forth, uh, new school. And the thing I realized when I talk to these guys is that they do maybe like a couple of films, you know, during the whole time they're there for their masters and the rest of the time they're concentrating on theater. And it just amazes me always that, you know, these institutions that are so well respected aren't going delving deeper into, you know, first time you get in front of a camera, it's pretty intimidating, as I'm sure you know, you know, and so... I think there should be more work with the camera in these uh, in these master's programs, you know. And then on top of that, of course, you're not... I've recently realized that you're not allowed to even audition while you're doing the master's. And I understand that's because you should be dedicated to the work and learning. But as I'm sure you know as well, uh, Fred, that the earlier you start getting out there and realizing these things, I feel like the better, in a way. You know, start getting your feet wet. Because if you kind of continue the shelter of uh, staying... Not bad-mouthing schools at all, man. These are great institutions. But, you know, of course, with acting, with any kind of art, there is a little bit of a, a time issue concerned, you know? So There is. Gons, you're tagging a lot of bases here, buddy. i got to tell you, I, I have mixed feelings about that auditioning or not auditioning while you're going for your master's. I was a lucky boy, but it took me three years to get my master's because every time I got a, a, a professional offer, I took it, which only delayed the game and brought me back 
uh, to the master's program. And in, in retrospect, sometimes I think it might have been better to bull through in the 12 to 18 months and then hit the bricks when I really was ready. But, it, you know, everybody has their own individual path. But I got to tell you, when you talk about volunteering and working in some of these student films, I have gotten some professional gigs from directors who remembered me when they were in college and I uh, gave up a weekend or two to be a part of their film. And that stuff comes back in more ways than one might imagine. I'm always telling Marvin that some of the greatest contacts and contracts I've gotten came out of initially volunteering my services to help some young individual or team get their project finished in a way that they perhaps wouldn't have if they didn't have an old guy or yeah. they needed an old guy as opposed to hiring one of their buddies at the age of 20 to pretend to be the old guy, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, um, I think you're dead on about that because uh, it's funny. Like, I, my friends will look at my reel on IMDb and, uh, I don't know, it's just funny. I have, you know, as I'm sure, I mean, you have so many credits, you know, out of all the things I've done, things on my reel, I mean, and I'm so grateful for all the professional TV work, but it, there's, it's funny because there's one uh, student film I did. They just allowed me to really let go and be very creative, and that's one of the ones I hold uh, very close to my heart because of that freedom, and also because I was in a professional, they were very professional as well, but sometimes you find, you know, it kind of brings you back to that whole thing about it's really about the work. Now, Gon, something that I wanted to get into is the whole audition process, because when you and I were chatting a day or two ago, you were telling me about auditioning for House of Cards right. and how you got that audition, the, the extra mile that you, you went to to get that audition. Why don't you tell us that story? I have an agent still in Richmond, because as I said before, I had, I've always had, uh, I started out there, and I found out that they were, cast, that they were casting House of Cards out of uh, Baltimore. And as a result, I called my agent in Richmond, kind of, I was like, well, let me see what she's doing. I mean, she usually gets smaller stuff, and I always let her know that I won't come out there for, like, the smaller stuff, but anything, like, of course, TV film-related, or maybe if it's a commercial, uh, bigger payoff, it, you know, just to make it work out. But in any case, I called her and asked her about House of Cards, and she said, and I said, can you please try to get me in there? And this is kind of similar to what happened with Law and Order because I kind of got House of Cards in my head and I couldn't get it out of my head. And I think that's great because I just focused that I need to get on House of Cards. And so I called her first step and uh, she said, yeah, that's right. You know, um, Erica Arbold is casting it. So I'll try and get you a, uh, I'll see what I can do. And not even a week later, she, she emailed me back. You know, I got you, uh, I got you an audition exclamation point like on the email and I was so excited, and the important thing here is that I, she offered me to self-tape, of course, to self-tape and send it in. I don't know, it was just instinctual, but it, again, I don't think this would have happened when I was younger, but uh, now that with all that experience, I realize that, no, like, I want to go out there. I, you know, I haven't met these casting directors. They don't know me from Adam, you know, and I want to go out there and really uh, show my personality, get, you know, build a relationship, because... Get in the room. Get in the room, yeah, and uh, and not you know necessarily about just booking that one part, but building a relationship with these casting directors and be able to have that connection. So 
she said, are you sure? Are you sure? You know, it's a far drive. It's a pain in the butt because it is. You know, it's definitely, like, not the easiest. Of course, Baltimore, you got a million, all these tolls. I mean, it's not cheap, you know. But uh, I said, no, I'm going to go. And the uh, the funny thing is, which I didn't speak to uh, Marvin about yesterday, was that I my girlfriend felt bad. Not felt bad, but she said, hey, I'll come with you. And I was like, yeah, come with me. We'll make a day of it. We'll go out and get, you know, dinner afterwards. It'll be great. And we went out there. I met Mike from uh, Erica Overvolt Casting. He was great. So laid back. I auditioned. And and then they asked my girlfriend, who used to be an actress, actually. She does stuff once in a while. She's actually been in a few uh, things way back. She had some big credits, like Infer with Nicole Kidman. She was on Law & Order. But she had taken a break from it uh, for a little bit. But anyway, she was in the office, and they asked her, are you auditioning as well? And she said, oh, no, I'm just here with him. And they said, do you want to audition? So there you go, like, you know. Serendipity. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. I mean, if that doesn't say it all right there, it's like, you know, just get there. You know, what do they say? Just showing up is like uh, most of the yeah. battle. It's, Woody uh, Allen, yeah. Yeah, exactly. 5% exact. of his success is just showing up on time. Exactly, and, uh, and she came with me. They asked her to audition. So long story short, I mean, I got the part, which was amazing. You know, I was so happy about that. But I think, and this is what I was talking to Marvin about yesterday, I think the main thing that really excited me so much was that, and still does, is that I went out there and I, I took it, you know? Like, I, I went out there, I took matters into my own hands, and I was, you know, I was proactive about it. And even if I yeah. didn't get the part, I know I'm sure they would have called me for something else later on for another audition, but it just felt good that I didn't just, like... You know, wait because for the you demonstrated the intent. Absolutely, you went the extra mile, literally and figuratively, and and people appreciate that. I think a lot of actors don't realize how eager the guys in the room are to have you be the right guy. I mean, they've been sitting there for twelve hours, seeing you know forty-five different actors. They are as as eager to find the right person coming in the door as you are to get the job. And you know, when those two things come together, everybody's happy. Right, and that. You bring up a great point. I don't think a lot of uh, the younger actors I speak to, and I didn't, again, realize this before, but uh, the casting director, they want you to be the right person because it makes their job easier. And then the other thing is a lot of actors think of the casting director as the enemy or as this, you know, this person that you're like, please, you know, love me, love me, love me. But they're more like your colleague, you know, just like the director is and, you know, the producer. Like, we're all trying to do something here. We're trying to shoot, for example, uh, an episode of House of Cards. And even if you have a small part, no matter how big or small your part is, you have to, I feel like, go in there with that energy of how can I help you put this thing together? Because that's what I'm here for. I want to, you know, try to, let, I want to do this. This is exciting. Let's try to do this, not like... Oh man, you know, if I can just get past the casting director, then <laughs> then I'll. Oh yeah, and that is, you know, so many young actors don't understand that the casting director is also an important client of theirs, whether or not they get the gig. And of course, that's what you're going for. If you make the casting director look good for having brought you in the room, that raises your stock with that casting director, and makes him or her a bit more eager to get you back in the room for other opportunities because you made them look good yeah exactly by doing your best exactly i mean anytime i've been called in straight to directors i mean that's again it was exciting but the other way i looked at it was it was very much a compliment to know that the casting director could count on me and felt that they Indeed. could count on me to do a good job 
again, like what you said about the relationships, that's another important factor that I think young actors uh, or young artists need to know, the networking aspect. And I know actors specifically definitely have a big problem with... Uh, I mean, right now, what I was thinking on the way over here is this, there's a generation right now that's dealing with these uh, these meet and greets, you know, with the uh, actors' connections and the one-on-ones and the and actors' green room. And a lot of these actors I speak to, because I know, because when they first came out, I was like, what is this? This isn't, you know, I can't believe I have to pay for this and this and that. But the thing is, that's the way it is right now, and that's the best way. That's the only way you could kind of meet these cast directors and build a relationship and the thing is when I take these I mean I honestly I learn a lot so it's kind of like I'm you know it's a win-win for me but I think that's the thing I'd love for the younger actors to realize is that you know and I try to tell them I even tell people I work with I say next time I go to whatever one-on-one you want to come with me you know just to make it easier but yeah I just think you know that's just where the business is right now whether you think it's right or wrong really sometimes is irrelevant because that's the way I've honestly gotten so many things. I got my agent, my manager through these meet and greets. I mean, and again, it's about being proactive. I mean, it excites me to sign up for one of these because I feel like, okay, this week I'm not going to be waiting by the phone. I'm actually going to be proactive and go in and meet someone. And the best part is, which I think this, you know, I think this whole thing is about, right, is that I get to act. I got to tell you, Guns, I've signed up for a two-week intensive audition workshop with a, a couple of casting directors myself uh, as a treat to myself over the next couple of weeks. But, Marvin, with your permission to flip back to something that, that Gans mentioned earlier about working in films for grad students who are making these university-level or master's degree film projects, the, the other advantage, and I'm speaking to young actors now as well, the other advantage of that is that when you're putting together a demo reel, and if you're getting started and, and your TV and film credits are consist of scenes where you have maybe one or two lines or barely appear, if you get into one of these university films, as Gans mentioned, you can get some great scenes and probably larger roles than you would be currently being cast in, so that when you're searching for an agent or when a casting director wants to see what you have on tape, instead of a series of little one-line bits and pieces from half a dozen films, you've got a couple of killer scenes where you've been able to be creative and, and really go for it. That often uh, is a much more effective demonstration of your talent than a ton of isolated little bits and pieces. Yeah, I think you're yeah so right about that. I mean, especially these the money and the equipment that's behind a lot of these uh, productions now at the in the ma- at the masters level. I mean, these some of these films I'm you know I've done they look so clean, so professional, you know, and the lighting. I mean, of course, some you win some, you lose some, but a lot of them they're just really good looking films, you know, and uh, and if that could showcase you, of course, and you're your talent, like you said, if you're going to have more than one line, if you're the protagonist, maybe, or uh, I think an agent's going to appreciate that a lot more because now you need a reel. And it's just, you know, again, like you said, I go, I talk to a lot of these younger actors and they're like, yeah, I got to get into it. I got to start doing student films, but they don't pay anything and this and that. And I understand, look, like I said, because I've been in that mindset, but uh, I think again it's a win-win because like you said you get something for your reel which is mandatory now and especially in the digital age you have to have a reel you have to have something to put out there and then also you're getting to act and uh, I just remember a great you know I was watching like Helen Hunt on the actor studio and she said you know there was a time period where 
things weren't going well. She wasn't getting the phone call from the agent. And it sounds, you know, it's such a small thing, but she said, and then I just signed up for an acting class. And I said, you know what? Like, you can't keep me from acting. I'm going to act every week or twice a week, how often the class is, and, and that's it, you know? And that's the thing. If you want to act, you need the passion. That's like your, I feel like that's like your sword, you know? I mean, if you don't have the passion, it's such a tough business. Any artistic uh, endeavor is so tough that you need to want to do this when nobody's looking in the middle of the night, when nobody cares. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's really part of who you are, yeah. and you can't be discombobulated from that. No, exactly. You've got to get it out. It's got to be something that, you know, you got to get off your chest. It's out there now, you know, whether... If you're going to go into it for the money, you're going to be in for a long and painful slog. But if you go into it for the passion of it, it's interesting how people find the money being attracted to the individual who takes the risks, takes the chances, and invests 110%. Well said, Fred. Now, Gons, we're just about up on time, so if you were to really give one or two bits of your, your best advice to people in this business, and, and maybe it's not just acting, maybe it's people who want to be actors, directors, musicians, anybody who wants to monetize their creativity, what would be your advice? Well, I think uh, just to kind of extend what I was saying before, again, what we're talking about is that passion, if you do have the, if you're doing it for the passion, you know, you'll just have to do it. But if you're doing it for some kind of recognition or for some kind of uh, other reason, obviously there's monetary, but there's other things, recognition or adoration. I don't think that's a lot of people are going to have the stamina to keep fighting for that. It's not a linear business. You know, it's going to be hard to navigate with only that tool. Uh, whereas if you navigate with passion, that's going to help you a lot. And Again, just not to bring up another quote, but one of my favorite quotes was Al Pacino when he was getting a, uh, I think he was a lifetime achievement, and he said, you know, one of the best pieces of advice he ever got when he was younger was like, if you dig it, it's yours. And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, there is natural talent, obviously, but if you dig it, you know, if you're into something, you, you begin to own it because it's just physics. I guess that would be my best piece of advice. You can't put energy into something and not get something back. It's just science, it's physics, there's no way around it. Will you get back what you exactly how you planned it to be? No, but you will be a part of that world because you've made that your world. So I promise you that if you really put energy into whatever it is you want to do, be a musician, be an actor, be a painter, you will get stuff back and that will be your world, you know? But you have to let go of the fact that First, this is going to happen, then I'm going to get an award for that, and then I'm going to make a movie with Scorsese, you know? And I promise you, like I said, it's physics, so there's no really opinion involved in that. Wow, those are amazing thoughts to end this podcast with. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, this was great. This was amazing, really. I could could do this a lot more. Yes. Don, will you check in every now and again and let us know what's cooking with you? Oh, I definitely will. I definitely will. That'd be I great. would love to do this again or, or be a part of it in any way. I really appreciate it. I hope this will help everybody that's trying and just help each other kind of like wrap our heads around this industry. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.